I closed my eyes and I went. <laughs> I just, I just. <laughs> Bro, can I tell you a story about uh, a very tragic story about my pet goat? You have, a, you had a pet goat. Bro, I got lied to, bro. But Legs up to try to get him away. <laughs> knocked out, like snoring, knocked out, like, <gasps> hey. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you want? And I look over at him. He goes, you ever been to a tractor pull? Hey, Taylor, Taylor Price, my guy. Hey there, hooligans. Thank you for tuning in to the Taylor Price podcast. On this episode, I have my friend EJ Jaya joining me. He is a former NFL and USFL linebacker, and I'm even lucky to call him a friend of mine. He and I have been going back and forth about all these different things. We even talked about starting a podcast together, but we've been so motivated to sit down and talk to each other. We sat down for over three hours. So this is one of the best conversations I think I've ever had, but this podcast is brought to you by the Complete Athlete Podcast. It's a podcast that I produce on the side for my friend Gabe. What they're trying to do is get athletes in the North Metro of Minneapolis better at baseball, basketball, and overall every sport. So if you want to Go over to that podcast and listen to coaches and current athletes talk about their journeys. That is one of the best podcasts I think you guys should be listening to right now, besides the one you're listening to right here. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Conversation, obviously, between these guys. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to do was like get the player and the coach mic'd up so that like when they're talking to each other, they're talking about things. Like it's kind of funny. I already have some of that. My brother's speaking to that kid and that mm. kid's up the plate going oh yeah oh i miss that oh yeah it's like these little things where you're yeah. like it's kind of cute to hear like a little kid like kind of going through the motions like yeah. muttering under his breath like oh man hope like, yeah 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 because <laughs> i'm sure like if we were mic'd up as kids like when you were on the football field oh bro oh my god i can only imagine that the thing it, it as i got older it progressively got worse you think so my like the, my shit talking yeah it got exponentially worse so it got to the point so it got to the point where i remember in high school i don't remember exactly who played but richard sherman when he was on the seahawks he went on like television or interview and he was telling us how he would like talk shit to people on the right field. and he would just do extensive research find out their mother's name their girlfriend's name their Bro. daughter's name well no we leave, they leave, they leave the, kids alone they leave that, kids i hope alone. so they left the kids alone but they would find something that would be so triggering in their past and then it'll just go out and say it like on the field and then dude will just be turned up mad. Right. That's how you get in somebody's head on the football field or any sport. Once you get them mad and out of body, boom, you got Yeah, you got them. That's em. when they start messing up and that's when they start causing errors, penalties, all that shit. So it got to a point where I started like, looking at people's instagrams <laughs> finding their family lineage like, like bro your girlfriend ugly do you see what she was oh, wearing man. this week like man, oh samantha nasty than a bitch <laughs> you know what i'm saying like just get him out of body bro i wish i wish there was more people like that on like the baseball side because there's just not like there's, there's just, it's such a chill sport bro. it's it's there's so much in between like yeah. the the weirdest it ever got for me was like we played big lake Big Lake is a very northern school from oh, us, yeah. like very farm level school. Mm-hmm. I grew up with that, so like I'm used to like all those all the lingo and stuff like this. But yeah. this kid, when I was leading off second base, said some shit to me that I had never heard before in my life. Oh, God. And I'm a I'm partially a country boy. I should have known about this, but I'm leading off second, and this kid's got a chaw in his lip that is like like a golf ball coming out the side. Like it's about to burst. <laughs> like look, you could poke it, and like a zit would just. Ew. Bro looks at me and I'm leading off and I'm not looking at him obviously, but I hear, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you want? And I look over at him and he goes, you ever been to a tractor pull? 
bro. <laughs> you ever been to a tractor pull? I bet you anything I got could outpull anything of yours. And I was like, I don't even have a tractor. And he goes, what do you got? What do you got? And I was like, I got like a Chevy S10. He goes, I bet my F-, and I stole third. I just left. Just a dummy. Bro, and my coach, <laughs> when I slid into third, was like, what are you doing? Like, he didn't give me a sign or nothing. I was just like, coach, you don't understand. Dude, was just distracted. I don't want to be around that guy. <laughs> Ima- imagine if I had, if, if I was a city boy, like, I would have got distracted, got thrown off. I, if someone came to me, and I'm halfway to third base, or yeah, third, third base. Third base. And someone's telling, talking to me about a tractor pull. It, 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 <laughs> like I looked around and I smelt the manure and I was like, "Yeah, I know where I'm at. Like oh I gotta get the God, hell out of here." Bro, speaking of manure, uh, so you know I went to JUCO in North Dakota. Yeah, I was gonna say that, bro. I was gonna say North Dakota has ta- a has bro, a different smell, huh? Wapington, North Dakota. Mind you, <laughs> bro, there's like you five thousand people in the city, yep. and then three thousand of those people are students at the university. Yep. So realistically, there's like two thousand people living in that city. There's and and if they're a townie, they have a way of life. They have a way they've been doing they things. They did things the exact same way every single day, and it would be every every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hmm. The strong smell of sugar beets. Yep, my family grows sugar beets, so oh I know exactly God, what you're bro, talking about. It was the most trifling smell. It's I've not ever. a fun smell. We went through it through practice. Everyday life. I used to work at this Native American school, and all the kids would just be like, "Ew, it stinks!" Like this is yeah. No, you want to know why? It's look outside. This sugar beets that you love so so much, like to eat. But oh my god! But it's just the manure just would yeah get me so out of body. My my family grows sugar beets, so like growing up in the summers, like yeah, I I remember that smell very vividly. Yeah, so I would. My family had a lot of. uh, livestock we did cows they did oh, like chickens goats all this stuff we had fainting goats mm-hmm. you ever seen a fainting goat yeah, before the ghost that just literally they like, just like they just they like seize up seizures, yeah so my family uh, i mean i have some cruel little cousins they were trying to get them to faint yeah. by throwing rocks at them to try to scare them but these uh-huh. animals are getting rocks on them they're like oh, oh like i'm not gonna f- oh, like i'm not gonna faint just because i was helping out i was carrying like a big 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 vat of water to them and yeah. I just drop it's metal so I drop it as soon as I drop it all 20 of them like a, like a domino just <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a surreal feeling to be like the cause of like a uh, of an animal domino but like it was like completely by accident bro can I tell you a story about uh, a very tragic story about my pet goat you have a you had a pet goat bro I got lied to bro but the story is actually really sad. All right, all right, all right. So when I was six years old, right, my family, you know, I'm Nigerian. They they like to get, like, fresh meat from, like, the farms and, like, Rogers and, like, out in the deep country. Like, they used to go get, like, fresh. Like, like the, fre- the freshest of the everything. The freshest of, like, goats. Like, and to the point where, like, they'll take the goat, like, kill it right in front of you. And, and then and get the meat right there. So my dad was like, my dad at the time, he was just like, yeah, son, you want to come to me with the farm? I want to get you a pet goat. He was just messing with me, right? Bro, no. So I was just like, oh, yeah, like I'm six years old. I don't care. Like, I wanna, I've want to. i always wanted a dog. You know, Africans are afraid of dogs. So I was just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> Bro, my, both my parents got chased by dogs when they were younger. Oh, okay. okay. So they just never allowed, like, dogs in the house. But if we're going to, if you're going to say all Nigerians don't like dogs. Bro. <laughs> they all I know you know plenty of Africans, bro. You know plenty of Africans. How many Africans do you know with pets? I mean, uh, very little. <laughs> very. Think about it. Just take a second. 
my yeah my my new father-in-law <laughs> no pet no no pets. pets not even a cat you see my my dog pepper is over there yeah pepper? He, he pepper was over there he's like nah i'm good <laughs> no there's no cat no dog no not even a goldfish because you know oh, no, they're gonna cook the goldfish don't tell me you guys ate the goat so we are at the <laughs> farm me my dad my sister at the time oh, uh God. we are we pulled up and my dad wouldn't let me go inside but you know he at least let me see the goat so he go he brings up the goat oh this is your goat do you want to name it i was like oh i want to name it billy because billy goat you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i'm over here happy turn like this goat about to come home with us i'm thinking like okay where is he gonna sit in the car is he gonna sit in the trunk or whatever yeah like where's but he i be? just assumed he was gonna get delivered to the house and so like an innocent child yeah innocent just like, yeah, child you know what i'm saying and then all of a sudden um i see billy get killed right in front of me they snapped his neck i'm in the car the car's no. locked my dad is telling me don't get out the car what they, so who like who did this was it just like some, it, some it farm was the hand? butcher the it was the butcher i had no idea who he was i didn't even know he was a part of the farm my six-year-old ass i'm just looking like billy bro billy just billy? got murdered billy just got murdered right in front of me right not only did he get murdered I'm watching all this happen from the car, which is actually the most messed up part. That is traumatic. Tell me why I saw flames coming out of the door. Bro, that is some like So like, they're now burning Billy. Bro, that's some like that is some like cartoon shit where like you look and you see like a furnace that like has that light that comes out. Whoa. So you basically I saw the like the specks of the flames. Bro, just no. come out. And then I was just like, I, was, no I remember I was just locked way. in the car like, Billy, have <laughs> no. And what's so crazy, my dad never told me, like, we ate, like, some meat. He never told me what meat we ate two days later. Bro, you ate Billy. And I was killing Billy. I was destroying, like, I was Bro, your crazy. dad has has some some answer answering to do because that is a traumatic experience bro i was so sad like i was so that, sad that is his similar experience with my dad like he loved when he was a kid he would ro- run around the alleyways get in trouble yeah. in this in the winter times my dad would throw snowballs at little kids on the way to the bus stop <laughs> your well, dad looked like that type I ain't he, he is he, like he is that type he he one time he he was trying to throw snowballs at cars and he missed the the car like door oh, and God. the lady had her window open Boom! Right in the side of the ear. Yeah, my brother uh, or my dad got in a lot of trouble for that one. Dude, I used to see your dad at the gym a lot. He, he's Bro. got it. I'm not gonna lie, he is got he, it. He okay. So there's a there's a, I I got I got to tell this story too. My dad caused me to get a sports hernia recently. I mean, it's a it's a combination of my ego and him, but he brought me over to his friend's house. So his friend has an indoor gym down in the basement. My dad's friend and him are probably the same age. My yeah. dad's in his upper 50s right now. But my dad could power lift me with ease. Right. No problem. So my dad goes, oh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing crazy sets today. Uh-oh. And my dumb ass goes, I can handle that. I'm, I'm, a young, I'm remembering, obviously, the high school days of like just going through it. And, like, you always think you got you. I still got it. And I'm like, I'm 29 years old now. I got to remember that like, I'm restarting my fitness journey and it's i'm like all right i got this i mean i did the workout don't get me wrong and i did the same type of weight that they did maybe like one plate less because obviously i'm not the same size as them but like i did like like a max set and my ego was like let me go the next day 
I did one lift with my legs up and I felt the entire bottom part of my stomach tear. And for the next two weeks, I had to sit in bed with my head like propped up like so high because if I leaned back any any farther, it hurts. So I couldn't lay on my side. I would wake up in the middle of the night because I'd roll over on accident and I would be in immense pain. The new the new cat liked to play trampoline with my stomach. Bro, I know. I had to lock the door. And he's a vocal motherfucker too in the middle of the night. Bro, he walks out of the room and asks where I went. That's how fucking annoying he is. He'll leave the room and be like, Dad, where'd you go? And you're like, you left. You left the room. Like, what are you doing? I love what you. What were you thinking? He's, he's just a year old now. Like, he's finally oh, a year. Oh, really? So yeah. he's super young. Yeah, so he's... Does he see a lot of people? Like, oh, yeah. We've had, we've had all my parents, all my folks. Like, he's super friendly. And then, like, he just, like, he when he, once he sees the other cat run away, like, he's like, oh, okay, I guess I got to run away. So is there two cats? Yeah, the other one you didn't even see. She she heard you coming and went ran right under the bed over oh there. Oh my god, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, no, the, the, she last time and I'm I'm pick I might have to just start like I mean right now my fiance is obviously half Nigerian, but I brought Jordan over who's a black dude, and they just ran away. They see another black dude, they just run away. I'm afraid because Damn, they got some racist cats. they're they're one for three right now. <laughs> they're okay with a black girl, but they ain't co- actually might have some racist cats. And one of them is black. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say Pepper's black. He's got little white spots. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. I oh, I can only wow. I'm only playing it by ear because like I only play by experience. I'm not gonna call my cat racist yeah, to his face. No. I'm bro. I'm damn near like an animal whisperer. Like I actually do like pets do like enjoy me. Like my homie just got like this exotic French bulldog. Ooh. Yeah, the Frenchies. Yeah. He's like an exotic French bulldog. Where like uh, how do I describe him? He's like gray, like space gray with like spots all over, like so white. Yeah, and you black can tell spots. that he's like. I, I I feel like I've seen a lot of those recently. Like they're getting pop. That type of dog is getting popular oh, those dogs for sure. Are like three to five k. Why is dog so expensive? Because it's like a rare breed of French bulldog. So it's like an, they, that's why they call it exotic, like Frenchie. I'm just like, bro, just give me a dog, bro. Like, right. I, just give me a dog. I'm a Siberian husky. I like a bigger dog, obviously, yeah. but like I know that they're a lot more maintenance. Oh, they're so needy. Yeah, but like I have a needy cat. You think I can't handle that? Yeah, <laughs> like, if your cat is what you say it is, and yeah. meowing in the mi- in the middle of the night, like bro, go to sleep. Yeah, no, he he sleeps all day, and unless we're here, and then he like tries to play most of the day. Like you can, you'll find tre- like toys and treats litter out throughout this yeah. house. Yeah. Oh. The other cat's nice and calm. She's a diva. She's a princess. Like she just like she she'll let you pet her once or twice, and then she's like, "All right, stop and get away from me." Yeah, like so. I love animals because like they're they're emotional beings, and I I've learned recently that cats enjoy humans more than they enjoy anything else. So like, is that so? So you would think that cats like being the independent being that they are. You would. I thought they were like super independent. Like yeah, not trying to really like. Like I said, like maybe brush up on your leg and. But like to the extent of that, I I thought too. I was like, I mean, they must love food and like toys more than anything, because like that's what the, I've I've always seen them respond to. I I watched. There's a Netflix documentary and it talks about how if you're given a choice, a cat between, um, their owner, their favorite toy, smell, or food, they go to the the owner 99 percent of the time. Really. Between a stranger. And you, they go to you 99% of the time. If you just give them a reward, their favorite reward, you would think would be treats, toys, or whatever. It's actually human affection. They care more about being pet and loved and talked to in a nice way. 
So when you give your mm. cat love and pets and affection, they love that more. They think that that's a, the biggest reward of all time. It's crazy because then they become wow. so much more dependent on us than we actually realize. I, I didn't know that about cats up until, you know, I saw that documentary. I'm like, wait a minute. Now I know why he's so like solely attached. He's got separation anxiety. Mm. Like the second anybody's gone or he doesn't have the other cat to play with or at least in the room, like he kind of like, it's like, oh, I feel I just have anxiety and he has to yell to the world. Really? Yeah. I literally thought cats were so independent. And Bro. then, um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it, it blew my mind because, like, I'm sure, like, they've, they've done a lot of studies on dogs and the similar, like, they do the similar things where they, like, give them certain things and test what they like and what they don't like. They hadn't done that over to cats yet, and they finally, like, got that done, and they were able to, like, post that on Netflix and stuff, and it's, like, there's so many cat owners that are probably, like, being, like, see, like, if you just treat a cat wrong, it's probably not going to like you. Yeah. Like, I treat those cats as best as I can. I give them food, you know, at a regulated time, but yet they still try to, you know, that's what they're what they're ta- trying to talk to me about. Yeah. Like, that's why my cat yells at me is because he's like, I want food. I'm fucking hungry, dude. Dude, you know, cats are actually, like, very spiritual beings. Like, if you think about, yeah. like, back in the days of, like, Egyptian. I was just about to say that. Back in the days of Egypt, like, cats were damn They were worshipped, worshipped yeah. Close, like, very close to gods. They, people thought that they were, they were their, 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 their siblings, their, their lineage, like, being reincarnated sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I read about how, like, they would bury the animals with their owners like with like they would they would bury the owner's organs in like a certain sarcophagus and then they would put the cat with it too because they wanted the cat in the afterlife with them how important is a cat in somebody's life they were like i want it with me where i die that isn't that's that's a special bond and then i think of like the sphinx statue yeah in egypt because yeah. i've always wanted to go to egypt like I, mean, I don't know if you've seen my tattoos or my i right mean arm. you have yeah yeah like i i don't know what it is about egyptian artwork and egyptian like Anything Egyptian, I but it kind of makes really, sense. It just kind of, I'm d- really drawn to that. I, yeah. I, I can't really even explain it to you, but um, like I want to go see the pyramids of Giza. I want to yeah. like enjoy that culture for like shit, like a week, two weeks. That'd then. be so cool because like you get to learn about like where pretty much all of our history comes from. No, actually though, yeah, like from the before Christ, era, yeah, it, a lot of that stuff started in Egypt or the Middle East, and it's like the God's way of life, the sun god, the Ra, like all that stuff, like. We we take a lot of those like deities and we forget about them because now we have one that's that we hold above that. And it's like yeah. they had individuals for certain aspects. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if that like fragmented and segmented way of thinking maybe helped them like with their daily. We don't know. We're not there. Yeah, we don't really know. But there was also like things were just a lot more natural back then to the point where. Um, you know, if you ever heard like the third eye and the pineal gland, like there's a lot of things yeah. right now, like that we eat, breathe, like, and just kind of do that blocks our pineal gr- gland, which essentially blocks our third eye, which makes us not be like, not have a very strong spiritual prowess. Yeah. And I, I wondered about that when I was in college too, because I, I looked into like the pyramids and Egyptians and like courts, like our eye is made out of courts. Mm-hmm. And like, why is the the third eye so important in their culture? And it's because like, they they thought that their gods would bring them like certain things. Mm. So when they built those pyramids, at the very top of the pyramid, they put quartz, a quartz tip, mm. and they they also built a hole, so that when they wanted to push out all the sand to make everything 
you know, collapse and have no, they, the things about the pyramids, there's no like ridges. There's no like spaces in between everything. Mm. Everything is perfectly cut because they use sand to like level everything out. What they did is they dropped quartz at the bottom so that when the sun and the moon lined up perfectly over the top of the pyramid, a light would shine from the top of the pyramid and turn night into day. So that's where people saw that they thought that the third eye or the all-seeing eye was what was causing the pyramid to go from night to day. So they they're like, oh yeah, praise our God who brought the. I'm probably way off on some of the details, but like Man, it makes sense. It makes sense. The pyramid is actually not a pyramid. It's actually a diamond. It's built into it the makes ground. Sense, yeah. Because that, at the very at the sense. very bottom, it has they have two quartz tip and on both yeah. both sides so that it refracts light. And it was the first refracting laser. So like the Egyptians knew more about science and all this stuff than we ever knew. And it's amazing how that knowledge just gets got lost somehow. I don't even think it's really even lost. I think it's just it's lost to us. Right. But there I feel like there are so many like people out of touch like with what we got going on that have that info but yeah. this is hiding like is hidden information. Sometimes there's there's times when we I, I'm glad that like Aaron Rodgers is a, who's a big yeah. proponent of this thinks about spirituality. When he went into the the darkness like he did a week and a half ago, he was talking about how like he was living in two realities, one where he was retired and one where he was not. Mm -hmm. And I think because he was in a headspace and he has done ayahuasca and has allowed his third eye to be open, he's he's able to ask himself those questions and able to live in those scenarios and not get so invested that his anxiety is going to rule him. Mm -hmm. Like he was able to make a calculated, educated decision and he realized if I play in New York, I can potentially make you know a lot more money but also my way of life will be the same i get to do the things i love i get to Mm -hmm. be in a place where i'm welcomed and where people want me and maybe i get to make a difference for some other players lives he has to think about it that way Mm -hmm. i know football is such a team aspect i mean it's a 53-man roster for a reason i mean you gotta have a good amount of guys on your team that all kind of eventually you know coalesce in the same driven you know mission as much as like the nfl is a team-oriented sport there's so many individual battles and i was going to ask you a question like what do you think in your opinion and maybe your experience what are some ways you have found that are beneficial to you to to break through those mental barriers and, and break through those mental battles because the reason i asked that is um, I was watching something on uh, on YouTube. I, I I'm a YouTube fanatic. Yeah, that's me all, too. That's all Same. I do is I go Same. on YouTube, watch videos. I'm uh, I'm on YouTube all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I always watch. I'll watch literally anything. Yeah. And oh, gosh, I forgot who he's talking about. I'll find it after this. But he was talking about like that mental battle as soon as you yeah. wake up in the morning. You know, yeah. we all go through that. Whether we want to continue to lay in bed or that extra five minutes of sleep. Yeah. Or um, you know this. What is your mindset going into the day? Yeah, you know? I, I kind of think about when I've, whenever I've struggled or the, like the depression and all that stuff that I've dealt with. When I first even got diagnosed with it, I wanted to just find out the, what it was called. Like I didn't even like the first. I want. I realized that like I was trying to take too large of steps to figure out all of my answers first. That was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Is like you can't answer every one of your questions right away and get the solution to your problems right away, right. especially with depression and anxiety. It, it, you can't hit a home run. You can't. There's no way. Like, you can't hit it out of the park. So you have to take everything step by step, pitch by pitch. So the first thing I learned was, like, what is it called? 
why why do I have this? What are ways that I can cope? What are other ways that I can take medicine? Maybe mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and I found out that like certain people have triggers, blue mood, you know, depression, certain things like people go through divorce and go through a depression, understandably. Um, for me, it was a chemical imbalance in my brain. Like my brain just sometimes doesn't produce the same amount of, uh, of, of, you know, dopamine and serotonin that everybody else's brain does. So could I take pills to try to help with that and uh, activate those receptors? Yeah. Are there side effects? Yes, More than likely. to every depre- antidepressant that you take, there are side effects, mm. and the ones that I had caused me to go into respiratory failure. Oh, so I was not—I had a little bit of PTSD when it came to taking pills already. Mm. I'm not going to take any more pills. The re- yeah. probably the rest of my life, if unless it's like Excedrin migraine or like an ibuprofen. Like I don't take pills. Mm. I don't like taking them. I just—I I have a bad feeling about them. Yeah. So. So for the longest time, I was like, I'm not going to do antidepressants, and I didn't. And I, I was steady with my counselor, getting coping mechanisms because in college, when you're going through so much and they offer you free, you know, services, you might as well take it. Like if yeah. the one thing I did, I will be very thankful about my, you know, college experience was that I did get the help that I needed while I was there I to, to get through that depression and all that stuff. In the summers, I spent my time getting through that, but. The mental barriers that you have to get over once you've found out what you have and like what type of everyday struggles you're gonna go with, the new struggles, those barriers that come up that you're un- that are unexpected, you're gonna have to change your routine and you're gonna have to change how you talk to yourself. The first thing I noticed, and this came from golf, is when I got when I started getting like worse at putting, or I started like not swinging the way I wanted to, I had to change something mentally which meant i had to go drastic with something else yeah feel versus real is something that i take into life that i took from golf what you feel and what is real sometimes do not match Mm. and when you feel something very strongly is in the moment and you feel this anxiety think about the person next to you they may not feel that at all Mm. so there's a spectrum there average between the two people on you know levels of anxiety 100 being the max and zero being the minimum you're at 50 between those two people mm. so putting things in perspective took a, took a while but like that's where i had to talk myself out of those mental thoughts like you said in the morning like when you're waking up and you're like i don't want to go to work well you one you made a commitment you got to tell yourself that that's the mm. first thing any commitment that you make you you should want to honor that that is something that as a moral upstanding human being you should want Mm -hmm. and that honestly does take a toll on your mental health if you are not committing to something and sticking with it Mm. because when you don't attain those things that you wanted to attain and you beat yourself up for it later you're just it's just a vicious cycle that you're going to keep returning to you're going to keep going back you're going to keep put essentially putting yourself back in to where you started exactly so when you wake up and you're like feeling that that vicious cycle returning the way to break out of that cycle is is remembering what you can control like we've talked about you can control your how you start your day how you react to things and and what you tell yourself mm-hmm. the morning the first thing you should tell yourself is i made a commitment to be better every day not to go to work because if you don't get to work that's fine yeah. your mental health takes priority 100 percent. but when you wake up in the morning and you make that commitment to be better it's going to allow you to go, hey, I can do one thing that I didn't do yesterday as a part of my routine. Add one more thing to your routine in the morning 
so you can get that try to develop that consistency and all of a sudden you're going to be in this routine of like doing all these mental habits that are actually so healthy for you that you're not even going to think about it but then you're going to get complacent like everybody does and you're going to have to talk to a counselor and be like hey what what are things that I need to be doing better because as humans I know we are all like this as soon as we start to do something good we're like what else can we do yeah I have that hard thing. I have a hard time sitting in my success. When you do something right and you have a good mental day, revel in it. Yeah, don't pat yourself on the back. Don't don't just be like, all right, all right, let's see if I can do this the next. No, be like, all right, in this moment, I am very proud of myself. Mm. It took me a lot to get here. Let's live in this moment. Right. Take your time because if you're not going to allow yourself that time, then you're going to continue to like that vicious. You have to take time to get out of the cycle. Yeah. Time is the ultimate factor. So I don't know if you're going to battle with mental struggles. Remember that you got, you can always change a routine to get that feel versus real to make sure that that gets closer together. Mm-hmm. Because once that starts to separate, I know that complacency is like what causes that to separate. The more yeah. you do things over and over again, you start to like, you know, lapse that, get those lapses in judgment of doing the same thing over and over again you just got to change that routine yeah and it's crazy i loved how you brought up like you need to revel in your successes you know i think we go throughout our days every single day you know trying to make ends meet or trying to be the best at this trying to do this that and the third we forget to really appreciate ourselves. Do you know how hard it, it takes for somebody to really like accomplish something and then just sit for a moment and thank yourself? Yeah. Be very thankful for yourself that you're able to do this. Give yourself some positive reinforcement because I noticed about myself a while ago that I'm always looking for the next best thing. I'm always yeah. looking for the next best thing to accomplish. Even when I do accomplish something like, like oh, well, I should have did it earlier. Horrible mindset. Oh, to have. I do that all, to Horrible myself all the time to have. too. Yeah. Oh, I just did this. I got it done. Like, all right, what's next? But then, uh, getting lost in YouTube a little bit. Yeah. Found a video where it's just like, you need to just be more appreciative of yourself and what you have going on. It doesn't even matter. It can be the smallest thing. It could be you wake up, and you take out the garbage. Yeah. That that is the the smallest possible thing you could do, or you do the dishes right. Or you you clean up uh, your area, your your workspace area, and you take a moment, like like five ten seconds. I appreciate you. You did that. Like you took a W today. All right. Dwell in that and go on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, like when I wake up every morning now, it's it's to the point where, if I once I lay my feet or once I place my feet on the ground, I just say thank you. I mean that's a dub right there. I say thank you to God because I I woke up this morning. Yeah. And I just named quickly three things that I'm very grateful for. Yeah, counting your blessings in the morning. I think that that was one thing that I think I should have also mentioned too. But yeah, no. Then if you weren't gonna mention it, I was. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, that. That's what I found like great joy in the mornings, and that's just the thing that jump starts my morning. Yeah. Now. You know what I'm saying? Like that puts me in a positive mindset instead yeah. of like you know there's gonna be there's days where I am sore, brother. Where yeah. I'm sore. I am tired. I don't feel like getting up. But as long as I just stay disciplined and always remind myself, what am I grateful for? Yeah. What is my reason for getting up this morning and giving myself a pat on the back and saying, you got this today. Yeah. You can do this today. EJ. Yeah. That motivational, uh, you know, upstart, like the, the, 
the way that you start your morning, I think I've, I've tried to say that to my fiance as well. Is like how you talk to yourself. You're listening. Like you, you hear yourself every yeah. single day. So if you tell yourself, man, I suck at this, you're going to b- start to believe it. Yeah. So starting your morning by believing in yourself, counting your blessings, knowing that these things are that you have in front of you are, are you should be grateful for Like mm. you gotta, you know, I was pretty, I wanted to be pretty general because at the same time, like, when everybody wakes up, they all have their own routines. Like, I'm not saying everybody has to count their blessings every day, but, like, it's something that you should be thankful for is, like, where, you know, what you've been given. So, I know that, like, I'm lucky to be living, you know, in this place, and I I don't take it for granted. So, like, Mm -hmm. waking up and thanking God for, for allowing me to be here and, like, try to help provide for people, like, trying to help people is, like, the ultimate goal. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I've I've retooled my brain from when I was, like, 24 to 25 to stop waking up in the morning and thinking, like, the day is going to suck. Mm. Like, the day, like, the more dubs you rack up during the day, the better your day is. So, right. like, if you, like you said, if you start with something small, even if it's a small dub, small dubs eventually rack bro, up over time. It all time. adds up, bro. Like, life right now for me is all about progression. Yeah. I always say this to my homies, like, there's levels to this. We've been like, talking about there that. There is yeah. always levels to this, and you have to start. And just build on brick by brick. You yeah. just have to just continue to build every single day until you get to that point. And even when you do get to that point, you still keep building yep. off of that yep. because there's always something. There's always something new to chase. Absolutely. But always in, remember to enjoy like the process. Enjoy what you have in the moment. Yeah, I, I, I stacking up. You know, dubs brick by brick since we talked in Blaine for three hours in that that honestly was the most refreshing conversation I had had in so long bro we we were both probably at a time where we were both just like questioning what was going on because like I was in that I was in that spot where I was like I don't want to take this test anymore I don't want to be doing this licensing shit anymore you were you were coming out of a knee injury and you're like I don't know what do I want to go find a real job do I want to go back like I I could tell that like I mean I obviously followed your story so like watching my friends succeed was like the biggest thing. So like the last time I'd seen you, I saw you on TV and I was like, I remember him being healthy and then getting hurt. And then when I see this tall, tall dude in crutches, big black dude, I'm like, there's no way that's EJ walking in my place right now. No way. So yeah, like I was, we were both probably at a crossroads where we're like, we just needed somebody from our past that was like, maybe just like a good being or like somebody yeah. that like was like a beacon of, of like positivity. Like that's where like a lot of people at our high school, like they just weren't like the positive type of people I want to hold, like keep around me anymore. Yeah. Like that negativity from then till now is still like so apparent with them. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like people who are competitive, like my brother and you, but like they don't let it like rule their whole personality right, of course. Oh, yeah. because like, on the football field or like for me at baseball or golf, like, like I'm a killer. Like you, you don't talk shit to me because I will absolutely beat your ass. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing to do is when somebody walks out to me, uh, this dude I golfed with my first summer ever playing golf, we're playing twos. So he gets the, he gets a, the, the crappiest person. Cause he's trying to say like, I'm the best. Right, Watch this. I go out and destroy him individually mm. because for the first tee, all he said was, I'm gonna beat your ass today. Talk to him. Yeah. I was like, bro, yeah. you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't. I have a hard time letting that go. But when we get off the field, I'm immediately like, hey, that was fun. 
Right. Yeah, like, it's all, it should be all love after, especially if in such a competitive setting. I don't been there way too many times. Yeah. Someone will be like, oh, bro, I'll route you up. Well, let's go. Let's go. But honestly, a lot of people are all capped because they were literally like, I remember I had a homie. I actually seen him last night at the bar. No man. way. Yeah, it was so funny. So he played at Marshall. I played at North Texas. Yeah. I remember I tackled him and made him fumble. Like it was a home game for us. And he never forgot that, right? So he knew obviously I was training for the NFL at the time, and uh, I had I think I had just left Baltimore, and he was with my other homie, and he was just like, he sent a video on Snapchat, and he was just like, bro, like you really think you hot shit or something just because you went to the league, like. I'll really strap up my cleats right now and route you up. I'm just like, well, then let's do it. See me. I said, Lily's like, bro, I was like, I didn't send no video back. I just said, let's do it. Let's do it. No, I was like, I texted him too. I'm like, bro, let's set this up. Like, where are you, you at? A, you got a field by your crib? Like, I will go anywhere right now. Let's I do am it. healthy. I am in shape. Let's I will do it. strap your shit right now. Like, this can get oh, very grimy. Like, this can get very grimy oh, right now. I love that shit so much, dude. He came up to me yesterday. You know, it's all, it's always all love with me. Like, I don't really care. Right. Like, he came up to me. He was just like, bro, you remember that long time ago I sent you that video talking shit to you? Man, I was just really in a bad headspace and I was super competitive. And I just looked at you as a guy that was, you oh, know, he was succeeding. Pissed. Yeah. He was secret. And that's when I found out, like, damn, so you really had some, like, hidden animosity against me. I didn't even do nothing. But then to they you. see you in real life and they're all chummy. And I'm like, bro, I'm I just like, hate that bro, shit. Bro, that shit makes dude. me mad. Like, bro, I hate like, it. you know, I, I was hate just it. like, I get it. Like, there are just going to be people out there that just don't like you just for you. Yeah. And especially, like, if someone calls you out yeah. and then just gets their ass whooped, like, yeah. bad, then they're just like, then they want to try and like curl yeah. up next to you, be buddy buddy. Like, no, bitch, I, keep I, that same. Energy. I wish, I wish I could name the kid because he was a year old. I don't even want to name drop. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't want to name drop the guy I'm talking about either. He was on the baseball. He was on our baseball team. He was a year older than me, and he hated my guts for no reason. Yeah. Absolutely no reason. This kid would like, like intentionally like try to hurt me in practice. It's We're so playing lame. baseball, right? It's like. So Think about how hard it is to try to hurt somebody in a sport where you're not, it's not contact. Mm. So he would intentionally take those small contact moments and try to hurt me. Yeah. Right? We would play in the outfield during the regular season, but in the summers, we would play shortstop and I'd play second. Yeah. That's a close position. Very close. And we have to turn double plays together. That means we have to work together. This guy fucking hates me. You know how hard he would throw the ball at me when we were like this far apart? He would try to hurt me, like, on purpose. This kid from Blaine slides into him, cleats him all up to hell, causes him to bleed, all the shit. Dude leans over and is about to slug the dude that cleated him. Who do you think got in the way? Me. I pushed, I pushed him away, and I was like, no, you don't want to get kicked out of this game. You don't want to get suspended. Yet, he took it out on me. He's like, oh, you got to let me out. And then we get to the bench, and he starts trying to fight me. I get on base. And the kid who he cle- who cleated him is at second base, and he goes, "What's his problem?" Yeah, bro. Because he saw everyone on their bench saw him try to fight me, and it's like that dude's just a problem. Like he's not he's not like if he was trying to fight the other team the whole time, like yeah, we'd be backing him and like we'd be on that. No, all of us were telling him to sit the fuck down, or like we're we don't want you on the field. That's what I'm saying, man. Bro, like, he, team cancers. He cried one day. Because one of the older kids <laughs> on this team told him to shut the fuck up. 
He was yelling at me because of some bullshit. Like, I didn't do the thing he wanted me to do right. But we got out of the inning. Yeah. Like, we're running in. He's just talking shit the whole way in. Like, we're jogging in. I, like, skip over the line. He goes, oh, you skip over the line. Whoa, whatever. He just, like, kept Dude, finding. yeah, th- he just did not like you at all. Wow. Do you remember Mike Nelson? Short, short. He was way older than you, so like you may not. He was a hockey player, short dude. Maybe I don't he's know. A, he's a fiery, short little. He was a goalie for the team, and he was like five five. He's a very small dude, but very like game for like all that competitive That's shit. That's short man syndrome. Hey, I'm he, with it. I'm five eight. I get it. I hundred percent. But I mean, you're not five five, right? <laughs> I'd be mad too. But I was five five. Mike was one of my good friends. He he could not stand Dean. I fucking named him. Whatever. Hey, damn, what the fuck? His name's Dean Pope. He's a fucking loser. Dean Pope. Oh man, that name sounds. Mad everybody know. Everybody fucking knows about. Familiar. He like. I, I respect him so much because he was a great baseball player. Mm. I respect him as a baseball player more than anything because he was very good, and he had a g- way better arm than me. Like yeah. I will one hundred percent like will champion him for that. Mm-hmm. The person he was was an asshole. Mm. Like, I always was just like, dude, like, what the fuck did I do? I never understood his animosity towards me, and he never told me. Mm. I always was just trying to, like, be nice to him because I felt like something was wrong in his home life. So when Mike Nelson told him to shut the fuck up and he started crying, I felt bad. Like, I genuinely still felt bad. But know who was laughing? My dad. (laughs) (laughs) My dad was on the bench. (laughs) Oh my god, bro. Uh, oh. <laughs> my dad was like on the bench. Oh like, yeah. no. Was, Your he, dad is so funny. He bro. told me later on that he was laughing so hard he and he was so he was funny. so happy that Dean was crying. I I I still to this day I feel bad for him because like you can have a shitty home life and I understand it. I will always try to be like your friend, but take it out on me on the baseball field. I fucking hate you then. Because like as soon as you bring it to the field where we're at, like that's why I hate Noah Yyoli because he oh, he tried man. to choke me out on the baseball field for no reason. My man, my man Noah Yyoli. He gets suspended for drinking, so he goes to play baseball, so he doesn't have his service suspension next year. So he, that's the only reason why he played baseball junior year. Really? Yeah, so he didn't have to serve a suspension. And then he, then one day, before our coach shows up, he just randomly puts me in a headlock on the field, and nobody did shit about it. That, we had an interesting, like, class of, because what, you were a year or two? I was a year older than, so I was 2012, you were... Just 2014. The okay, Mason so, was 2015. Okay, okay, so, oh my God, bro, that... I think the assholes really started to leave. As soon as I left. As soon as... Because I remember I was a freshman in 2010. That's when they had like... Yeah, that's, that's when, when I had, was a junior. Yeah. yeah, that's when you were a junior. Who was in it? Noah Waiwaoli, Jordan T.S., Cameron Muscle. Jesse Reemsma. I Jesse Reemsma. He, he was an asshole to me, though. I don't know. I don't know. Like, he was a lot of those dudes... Me, and, like Bobby Brown, we talked about him. Oh, yeah. Bro, like the, all these dudes, like they, they were... Athletically gifted dudes. Man, they. I, I'll give them that. I'll give them this. They were awesome athletes. Bro, they made. I will absolutely say that they. Those guys made me better at the sports I played because yeah. because of the competitive aspect. I wanted to be. I wanted to beat these guys and show them that I was worthy of their time. Mm-hmm. Like, because I came from another school. Like, I right, came right. from Grand Rapids, and everyone's that's a baseball school. Like, mm-hmm. they. You guys wanted me to play football and basketball, and I was like, sure, I'll play basketball, but I ain't gonna play football. Right, right. And they're like, what? You think you're too good for football? 
That's what. That's SFB how they is took such it. Such a mad football school. They took Coach it like Leaf that. Really instilled like football, the football yeah. culture into our school. And bro. I think because I didn't but bu- buy into it, and I basically told Schleif to fuck off, because like I was like I would like my head to be on my shoulders. Yeah, I would like to be able to retain information, mm-hmm. because I had already been knocked out in football multiple times. Yeah. Like in seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, up until I had gotten ninth grade. I had been knocked out at least three times every season. Mm-hmm. Every season I played football, I got knocked out. Damn. Like, and plus the concussions I got in basketball that were actually documented. Because in football, they didn't give a shit back then. They didn't even have a baseline they never, test. They damn near never do. I had my baseline test after a basketball concussion. Mm. I never got a baseline before that. That's what's so, so bad about the concussion protocol growing up. And nowadays, it's way better. Like, I'm so, so much better. So much better. And I think about kids nowadays, and I see those, like, little peewee footballers getting, like, crowned, crowned. Like, I dude, like, that scares the shit out of me. I don't know if I'll have my kid play football. I always told myself this is what I'm going to do with my kid. I'm literally going to lay out a whole bunch of, like, balls. <laughs> balls. Um, and, sporting equipment. Right, sporting equipment, <laughs> for the record. And uh, I'm going to just let him crawl to whichever one because, like, I feel like I really, I don't know what it is, but it's something about your child seeing a specific, my kid's going to be an athlete. Yeah, you know that. It doesn't matter if my wife's not really the athlete type. I pray to God she is, but um, <laughs> it's something about like, since I love ath- like being an athlete so much and I just love sports. I just have. I just know my kid's gonna like enjoy sports. Yeah. Like when, I mean, even if he doesn't like go professional, I don't care. Like do what. Yeah. You, I'm not gonna limit my kid for one. If my kid wants to play the damn trombone, like go ahead <laughs> and you gonna you gonna play that clarinet or trombone, like whatever you want to play. Yeah. Like go their, do that. Their passion is their passion. Yeah. I'm not gonna take that away from him, and I'm not gonna try and live my dreams. Like mm-hmm. I already, I already did what I had to do. Yeah. But I'm just gonna lay it all out for him or her. Let them crawl to it. If that mm-hmm. is the sport you. I'm going to put you in that sport. Yeah. Just to see. I'm going to put you in two, three. But you know what I'm really going to have my kid do when he's young? I'm going to put him in some sort of self-defense. That's, oh, yeah. And like, let me tell you why. Like that judo, that karate stuff. Let me yeah. tell you why. So when I was younger, I don't think I've ever told you this. So I went to a private school, Woodcrest Baptist Academy in Fridley. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. It's a private school. Really? Right? I got kicked out of that school, dude. Not even like anything bad. It was just like disrupting the class too much. My parents were fed up. They're tired of paying all this money for me to just get. Into yeah. It. So that's when I I went to the Spring Lake Park District in fourth grade. Okay. When I first got to SLP, first off, mom, if you ever watch this, just know <laughs> it was your fault. I got bullied. It was your fault. I got bullied. One thousand percent your fault. So at a private school, we had to wear a specific dress code every single day. Suit, tie. Oh, no, dude. Dress pants, like collared shirt. Yeah. Shirt got to be tucked You had to look nice. We had to look nice. We had to look spiffy. So that's all I knew. My mom put me in a suit, bro. My first First day day. at a public school. First thing I see is little kids wearing damn pajamas to class. Bro, that's a death sentence. T-shirt with stains on it. Bro. Ripped ass, tainted jeans. So I'm sitting here like... I already knew. I was like, oh, bro, I'm in trouble. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm in trouble. You got to find your locker so quick. Rip that jacket off bro, as quick as possible. <laughs> for like three months, bro, I was getting bullied for this. And for like, the, I was for a the very one shy, day. For the bro, one day. I was a day. shy kid, bro. 
Did they make you wear it like that my again? My mom, uh, where? What do you mean? Did she make you wear the suit again? Bro, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Bro, for, for three, it was for about two months, bro. My mom, no, no, it was less than that because I was complaining. I was going to say, you, like, bro. It was a month and a half of my that's mom. That's like, I would have called child abuse at that point, bro. bro. <laughs> and, you know, like African parents are very strict when you're yeah. at a young age. So she would make me dress up in like all these different things, like, oh, my son looks nice going to school, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the best dressed one. But little do you know, mom, because of your actions, I'm now getting bullied bad every like, single day. Every single day, every single day, I was getting bullied by one person or the other because of what I was wearing, because I was smart, because of this, that, and the third, because of how I talk. Well, I didn't really talk a specific way, but they were just like looking at me at this like. Very privileged, like shy, like kid came from just, a private school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it was after a month and a half, like I finally complained to my mom and the teachers. I I complained to the teachers. I'm like, I don't like I I'm getting bullied because of what I'm wearing. Yeah. And like how they like you guys see how these people are treating me. Yeah. So talk to my mom. <laughs> Back the my, teachers didn't give my a shit. My dad, my dad was not playing that shit. He went to the school yeah. and like. Y'all try my son again. Yeah, I'll yeah. make sure y'all feel like y'all will feel that shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So after a month and a half, I finally got to wear whatever I want. The bullying started getting less, less, but because I wasn't like in like any sort of clique, hmm. they still tried to bully me. Yeah, bro, you want to know what to I this day what saved me, bro? What football? That's it. Because sports. I play. I mean, sports in general. Bro, sports. That's why I will always give back to sports, bro. Because sports actually saved my yeah. entire life, bro. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, I would not be the man I am today if like, yeah. it wasn't for sports. I mean, you got to, you got to the NFL. Like, that is like the epitome, I think, of any athletes. Like, they want to get to the professionals. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. I mean, that's to me. Like, if I could have got to the majors, like, I would. That would. I, I would. My life would be complete. I would yeah. be so happy. And now, like, goals of mine have changed. But like, mm-hmm. if if I'm a golfer and like my competitive nature is with me. Like I want to win a tournament or two. Like, yeah. you know, like I get, I get that mindset. So like, I mean, I know that everybody in your family, everyone around here is proud of you, but like, if I'll be the first to say it too, like, bro, we are proud of you. Like yeah, all this, you. all this stuff that you've done. And like, since we've been talking, since we've met up again, like all it has has been is positive. Yeah. Like, so I think that like journey wise, like, like going from where you I mean, your mom, yeah, she kind of did you wrong right she away. Bogus. <laughs> she did you a little bogus right she away. Bogus. But she did instill like some very good values in you. She and did. I will I will say that like yeah, the the outfits maybe maybe could have been different, but like hey, like she she wanted you to be seen as like somebody different. And right. I think I think that that did set you apart and it allowed you to be like, well, I I I still want to find common ground with these people. Yeah. And you did. You allowed you allowed yourself to uh, to branch out and, and get into football, and and you you ran with it. Obviously, you had you loved the game too, so you mm-hmm. you gave back to it, and you still do. So, hey, that's that's why I know like, I'm proud I'm proud as hell to have you here, and like the fact that we even get to you know have conversations. Like, we're lucky, bro. We're, uh, amen to that, bro. Like, of all the stuff that we've like, I I know that like getting out of Spring Lake Park isn't like the like the hardest thing in the world like we have it's not like we there's plenty of harder schools but like for the the type of people that we are and the type of people we dealt with i feel like we got to be proud of ourselves for that oh no bro we have so we haven't even hit like the pinnacle of like real success yet bro right right even sitting down here and having all these conversations i've had with you whether it was at chase bank whether it was just via phone call text here like 
bro, you have a real, like, very true talent for this, bro. I hope you, so. You have such a genuine spirit to the point where it's just like, you see we've been sitting here for how long, like, chopping it up? It's bro. an hour already. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? We just literally picked up a microphone. We got to just talking, bro. Like, bro. You're such you're such a kind-hearted person with just great intentions. Like, I feel like you don't give yourself enough credit, man. Like, you're, bro, you're a real G, bro. I like, appreciate you that. You are a real G, bro. And, like, that mindset, like, that, like, pure spiritness in you will bring you so far in life. It's just, like, bro, you ever, you, you know, bro. Like, yeah. there's so many people that are just such dickheads. Like, yeah. They're such assholes, and they always wonder, like, why some bad shit happens to them all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I remember we had that conversation the other day, yeah. you know, and look what's already like starting to happen. Yeah. I got a better job. Like, uh, like things are, things are panning out and it's just like, sometimes we do forget like, you know, how, how blessed we do have it. And I, and we are doing things the right way. And like, we shouldn't have to ask ourselves like, why are these things happening to me? When you know that like something good is coming. Something good was already on the way. Yeah. Bro. It's like, yeah. it's literally like the, the, the light at the end of the, the dark tunnel. Like, yeah. You, you know, you have to go through some sort of adversity when you ever notice, like my mom, my mom and my uncles will always tell me this. Whenever you're going through like a very rough patch of adversity and you feel like there is just no, no way you can get out of it. It's so crazy, like, just how God works and how the universe works. Yeah. That when you finally get out of that tunnel, you notice, like, you start to learn something about yourself. You get stronger. You know, like, your mindset starts to develop. Your perspective of, your perspective on things start to change. And you just come out such a better person. Yeah. And you're a lot more grateful of what, like, of what you went through. Like, yeah. when you think about it long term, and I know you have yeah. well over the capacity to think like that. So that's why... It was just so funny. We were talking. You were going through that, <laughs> and like, boom, something positive happened, bro. Yeah, no. I was so like, bro, like that for me, like you, my dog, bro. So like, that was really like yeah. some good shit for me to. Well, hear. I want. I wanted to share that success because, like, in the past, like I've had, I thought I've had those people in my life where like I could share that success and they would genuinely be happy for me, and I didn't. I didn't put those the right people in my life, and the and that's why you gotta be selective with your friends. You gotta like take time to learn about people, and even if you do like have like years with people, like recognize the signs when they're not being mm. helpful towards you because. Like I started t taking the people out of my life that weren't helping me and my life started getting better. Yeah. Like I started noticing that like I, I could I could see that like my successes weren't like bogged down by like somebody else not having success because they they would lord it over me like, oh, you have this. I don't have this. It's like you should be happy that I got something and like yeah. I can share it with you if you want. But like you can't make me feel bad because your life sucks. Like I'm trying to better mine. Mm. Like I. I will absolutely share the wealth. Like I'm the type of person that like I give more than I receive right. most of the time. So when those types of people had been in my life and I was kept giving and never received, like I never expected anything back. Now I do only in forms of like what they can give me. Yeah. I don't expect more than they can give me anymore. Like I was expecting more than they could give. Mm -hmm. And right now that's where you got to like me personally, like I've, I've been finding friends recently that want to balance that make make it an equal balance where like we share in that success so like when when something happens good for you like i want to know because like i want to be like bro like fucking fat dub like let's fucking Hell go yeah like i want to get turned like that's shit. what i'm like, saying you know what like I'm saying? motivation is something that's so hard to come by nowadays so like you gotta grab it whenever you can mm -hmm. and having friends around you that share in that and want that mindset with you is like that's those are the types of people you should keep around you mm -hmm. and that's where like football players 
basketball players, people who are, you know, professional athletes, they get taken advantage of all the time because they're not putting those those people around them yeah. that they really should. So many people have probably heard this nowadays. The the athlete going bankrupt is after they're done is is not becoming so much of a thing anymore. Yeah, but it used to be such a big thing that like people were just weren't properly educated on like just banking stuff. Mm-hmm. So like that's where I'm glad that I could offer at least some of that stuff to you or to anybody in the future. Like, you know, I want to help athletes and normal people just feel like they have the right knowledge to equip themselves to do things. That's where I want to help people. So like if this podcast helps people feel like better equipped to deal with their mental, you know, struggles or their, their, their chase account, I'm, I'm putting my two weeks with chase so I can talk about them soon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I will talk about the good, the bad, and the stuff that I, I had a good experience with that company. Yeah. Like I, I absolutely think that they're the best bank in the world. And I, agree. Um, I have no bad, really bad things to say because it's all stuff that I know that they can fix. It's never, it's like, it's stuff that I, I, I don't like, but it's stuff that they can absolutely fix because Chase is such a good company. They were too big to fail during the freaking housing crisis. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, it, massive. they're such a good bank. And with all these banks going bankrupt, the Silicon Valleys of the world, all that stuff, like, I'm going to have to, like, talk about that now that I can a little bit more. Um, and the first thing I'll say about that is, like, why are you guys trusting startup banks? Yeah. What the fuck? With, you, no, with no, like, any sort of... And I say this lightly because it's a huge thing, but, like, with no, like, type of insurance. Yeah. Especially when it comes to fraud. You got to look at the at the bank itself. Like, where did it come from? Like, Silicon Valley Bank literally popped up like a fucking... I didn't even know it existed. Is that like a West Coast bank? It's it literally only... In, it was only in Silicon Valley, and it was just for those those tech startups that needed a lot of money to, like, get started. And you see... You, you know that not all those companies are profitable, so they, they can't... They default on their loans, and then the, the, the company, the bank, has to pay or has to swallow that cost. So now when you swallowed enough of that cost and you're asking the government to ba- to bail you out because you cannot pay back all this stuff. Yeah. Like this is what is causing bank people to distrust banks. Yeah. It's cuz they these people get so excited <sighs> about getting money. They 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 all want these loans and everyone's signing them. Like no one is there's no discretion it feels like. Yeah. I'm not there obviously in California to see like exactly what they're doing, but like from my knowledge at least like they they just were taking every startup company and being like, how much do you need? All right, we'll give you 100 grand more than that. And their company's like, what? And they're like, well, you need that money, right? You're a startup in California. And it, it just... Do they give them crazy interest rates on it? That plus, like, it's just like they gave them too much money. Like, yeah. you're giving, com- like, new companies all this capital to do what what they will. They, they obvi- obviously are going to overspend on what they need. Right. Like if you're conservative about what you need, like right now, like if I was to start a production studio, the things I need money wise to cover is just rent and, and like some equipment, which wouldn't go over three grand. Yeah. So like these new startups taking 10, 20, 30, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of grands of dollars to just start like a very simple company yeah. that doesn't need all that equipment. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's why it failed. It's because people oversold what they were, what they were going to get and they overbought and they just underperformed. Let's, um, if you want to, yeah, let's speak on your vision for the studio. Oh yeah. Because I have, so, and I say that because I have a lot of homies that, um, 
they they do music. They love to yeah. record, uh, produce, engineer. Like I remember, I was just over in Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, I don't even remember what the building was called, but mm. like it was a guy. He had a studio in his yeah his, his crib. Like he had like the 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 big speakers, the subwoofers. Like he had yeah. the laptop and you know the interface to do all that other stuff. I'm just like hmm. It literally you popped in my mind. I'm like oh my god. Like yeah. Like I'm so my vision would be it's more of a. It's more of like a video production space okay. with podcasting and potentially some music involved. I'm not as musically inclined yeah. to know how to like work the boards and all that stuff to like make sure the music sounds really good. I know how to work boards to make sure that your broadcast sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so for me, what my idea was, was I wanted this office space to just maybe have like an office for me, like at least... It's got a door, yeah. but then like the open space is workable where like I could put up walls or sheets or like, you know, something to like separate the space yeah, where I would course. have two spots. One would be like a static studio where I would have a table and I would have monitors, cameras, lights, and then the microphones all set up already just static there so that people show up, they sit down, I click record on my computer, they can just Go and do it what they will. They have a fully produced podcast. They just have to sit down and talk. Yeah. They pay me per hour. And then based on like the package that they want, like if they just want the raw footage and then they can edit it and do whatever they want with it. Cool. Charge them a little less. But if they want me to edit it, make it sound good, do all the whole nine yards, like I charge a little more. Right. But then like really what that would do is just generate the income to keep the rental space there. Mm -hmm. And then I would be able to work on stuff that I get to do in my free time. Because if that's my only business and I'm making enough money where I can sustainably live, like my day would look like this. Like, I would need two to three podcasts to come in per day to make it sustainable. If I was doing $50 an hour minimum, yeah, right. That would net me about four or five K a month. And then in my free time with those, uh, with the rest of my day, with what the 12 hours I have in daylight, I can do so much. Yeah. I could do a bunch of side projects for CA. I could do more podcasts for CA. Mm-hmm. I could do my own podcast. I could, I could do so much. Mm-hmm. Like my day is freed up by just having a production studio where people come in, record, I leave. Literally, like I can see that workflow working out so much nicer because I mean, it's a Sunday through Saturday job. Like yeah. there's going to be p- people that want to come in on Sunday 9 a.m. Or, su- or Saturday night at like 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to have to be flexible with my time there. Yeah, I was going to say um you said you would you would be in the studio like when all this is going on. Yeah, I I would like to be in the studio. I would yeah I would definitely say that you should be in the studio or somebody maybe when you get to a point where you're able right to if, hire I, if somebody, I could hire somebody yeah because like my biggest fear nowadays is just like like you know having a studio space and trying to instill some trust into people. Oh yeah, but like. People are, bro. It's yeah, no. It's like, so dirty and so grimy. I, out but here, that's bro. why. But that's why. Like the the whole point of me having the cameras there is like so that like everything's recorded. Yeah. Like there's no way you can get around it. Like I'm gonna have security footage. Like no matter what you do, like everything in there is like documented so that like I have that control. Mm, like a sign in sheet, sign out. Like that would that would also be very smart too, because at least you know what time they got in. You know what time they're leaving. Even when the cameras, the cameras will will, will prove the time. Yeah. When people get in, get out. I, I mean, extra insurance. I'd like sense. to. I'd like to be in the studio mainly because like I'd like to produce and like start be doing stuff. I'm like every day for my own stuff too. Yeah. Because like then that way, if I'm in the studio, like when the other people aren't, 
like doing stuff in my, in the studio i can be mm. and like invite people in and like you know start doing my own projects or because like the main goal would be to have you know clients coming in every week and we just have that set schedule we're like we're putting out content for each of these you know two or three companies every single week and then yeah. maybe other people's have their personal podcasts where they come in and just shoot whenever they have time mm. but the main goal would be to just have two production sets because the other set i've been talking about was with my buddy jordan i have an idea for a podcast called the workplace mm. and i want it to look like an old 90s cubicle where like you know like in a cubicle there's usually two people one yeah. in your back to back and they have these old 90s monitors i want us to be in like ill-fitting suits <laughs> like old tan suits and like and the podcast is really just going to be about like old workplace like stories and like habits but us like talking about all the stuff that we went through at chase but mm -hmm. then we would get guests on who are like good in their working field and we'd put them in an ill-fitting suit too so like they that'd they, be hard yeah but they they walk mm -hmm. in and like we have like a crappy receptionist who's like when's your meeting <laughs> oh it's like oh yeah he's like oh i have a meeting with jordan and and, and taylor price at uh at eight, at 8 p.m now oh, let me check the books mm. <laughs> what, what's your name again oh okay and like she slams the door on him as they like walk in yeah. like oh, fuck like like it's just i wanted them to be like so thrown off but that's like, so funny what like, they are. <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to make it like a kind of like a comedy mix between like a 90s cubicle podcast where we're like we're just like obviously we're just like everyday workers where like right. we're just trying to break out of this cubicle mm. but then at the same time like we're trapped by by that. like it's it to me that was the concept That's and so funny. and i already came up with like um like a like a logo and everything for it and like so like it's it's something that's in the works and if i could have my own static studio to do that like that would just give me so much freedom yeah. so much freedom no that's so dope bro cuz like, I remember I was telling you that, like, I wanted to start, like, making more content yeah. for, like, IG, especially, like, now that I'm going to be uh, a realtor. Yeah. Uh, I want to... I've thought, I've, I've thought of so many different avenues of where I wanted to go. Like, for example, I sent you that one guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's a producer, beat maker, whatever. Yep. And he just, you know, posts those little 10-second, like, motivational things every day. I'm thinking with mine, uh, with my content, it's going to be like different lanes, right? So you're going to have the day in the life of a realtor. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have the open houses and the listings that I'm going to post for people that they want to come and look at it. Yeah. And, you know, we can discuss from there. Also, just, you know, giving like basic tips, uh, especially on the financial tip, like credit. Yeah. Right. Um, pre-approval from a lender. Or like uh, tips to like help build your credit. Like I can help them with that, too. Because no, like, exactly. Yeah. All that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So there's, and just like, I have to really sit down and just write it all down. And that's yeah. why I even brought my bag here. Like, even if we were podcasting or after the podcast, I was just going to write down things like, okay, let me see. Like, can I do this? this, this yeah, this, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I really want to get in that content run because yeah. honestly, bro, that has just been the new wave to go. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, have a, I have a big sphere of influence of people that I know. Um, I was just talking to my homie uh, on Friday, seen him, Flomo, and he's talking about getting an investment property. He didn't even, nobody really knows I'm a realtor yet. I haven't really posted it, but I'm waiting yeah. for like my business cards, my website yep. to be all set up. Yep. Like, I'm waiting for all that to be done. 
before I dropped like the big the big announcement. You're gonna you're gonna be in like a suit and tie again. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know your mom's gonna be proud. She'll be like, see, I told you. See, I told you that suit and tie <laughs> would work out at the end of the day. I told you. She's gonna be like, you can see that suit. I'm about to actually call her after this and be like, yeah, you know, you the reason I got bullied when I was younger, mom. <laughs> you would hold on to that. Oh, for I'm a while. gonna make her feel bad. I'm gonna make her feel horrible. That's so funny. I'm gonna make her feel horrible, bro. Like, bro, that's so good. But like, as soon as that drops, like you're gonna be. You're gonna be able to like notice that like once your your reaches into a new realm, like people are gonna flock to like your personality already. Like, mm. but then like you having a credential background, being like a football player, but like I don't know why, but like people really love the success story of a football player going from football to something else. Oh yeah, I love it too because that just means that like that acumen, that type of human being, like they're super almost superhuman, but it means that like every normal human can do that too because. That's they are a human. They are a normal person. Mm. I've met so many football players that, like, when you get them out of the football field, they're just so normal that, like, I'm like, I can see myself doing the same things that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's because they are normal. Mm-hmm. And you have to. We love to to hear hero like make people heroes on our, on TV, especially when they are performing at a high level, making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But we gotta remember they're a human too. Like they come home and probably worry about the same shit we do. It's so funny, bro. Because even just like being in the locker room sitting of guys making millions of dollars, it's I just laugh sometimes because you know you have your fans like in, during training camp you have your fans sitting up there and screaming Lamar Jackson. Oh my God, please, yeah. Lamar! Like let me get your glove, please. Let me get your towel. And it's just these little materialistic things that doesn't really even matter. Like I gave a kid my cleats. Yeah. He actually knew who I was as an undrafted free agent at Baltimore. He actually knew who I was. This like, little kid. He's like, you went to North Texas. I swear to God, I I actually was stunned because like There's, those diehards are like that, bro. bro. I was living in a. My jersey number was fifty seven. There was a, a linebacker, C.J. Mosley. He was like a Baltimore great. Yeah. And he had got traded to the Jets that year. I got drafted, or not drafted, but picked up by Baltimore. Imagine your name is Edge Gia, number 57. <laughs> a Gia is on the back of my jersey. And these kids are yelling, C.J. Mosley. And you're like, it's not C.J. Mosley. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, yo. This man has dreads. I'm bald. Yeah. Like, what are you talking <laughs> I'm bald as hell. This man has dreads. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> CJ Mosley, CJ Mosley. You got a haircut. Bro, it got so bad to the point I'm just like, I turn around. And you're does like, this look like, does this say Mosley to you? Yeah. And I actually got mad at a little kid. I'm like, bro, does this look like Mosley to you? I walked away after. I just went back to the Yeah, bro. Because oh. I was already in a stressful situation at Baltimore. Yeah. So it was just like, bro, I don't. If you don't know my name, bro, just keep it that way. Yeah. Just keep it that way for now until I really show you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, that was mad annoying. But it was just like. So it felt good when that little kid. Bro. When he That shit you. actually put me at yeah. ease. And then it was even crazier. We uh, played the Packers in a preseason game. He, I saw him again. He was him at the Packers game? It was at Baltimore. They, oh, okay. they they flew to Baltimore for um, that's but they, that's dedication, bro. The kid was right there, bro. I bet you they're from Baltimore, but like they flew down to training camp with you guys, like. No, so so oh. our training camp was in Baltimore, right? Oh, okay. And so then when we had our preseason game versus the Packers, it was at Baltimore. Oh, okay. So it was a home game essentially. But still, like that's. But the kid was there again with his bro. pops, and they ended up messaging me on IG and was like. 
I just wanted to say thank you so like the dad messaged me. Yeah. He was just like, Oh, thank you so much for giving my son like your cleats. Like you don't understand how much this means to yeah. him. And he was just even like explaining to me like well, I know you're like an undrafted free agent, you're trying to find your way, but like that little gesture went a long way for him because yeah. no other player gave him anything. Bro, he probably still has those cleats to this day. I, I guarantee you he mm-hmm. still has them to this day. And that shit just made my day because after just hearing the CJ Mosley bullshit, yeah. while like my name over there was EJ, it was just it was annoying. It was at it was another like stressor for me. Yeah. So that actually finally put me at ease. Like I don't give a damn who else calls yeah. me CJ. This yeah. little kid knows my name. Knows who I am, where I came from. Like he knows. Actually likes me. Like yeah. I didn't. I didn't care about anything else after that, bro. Bro, that that is heartwarming. That is awesome. No, nah, it was an incredible story. Um, but back to the locker room situation. Like, yeah, I mean, bro, these are guys with millions of dollars yeah. in their bank account, and they go through the same bullshit me and you go through yep. on a daily basis. But we're just, we're just glorified like as yeah. athletes. But these people just want to live an everyday life. When you're on TV every day doing the thing that other people want to do. Wish they could do. Exactly. Like, their people are going to, like, be jealous, but then, like, they forget that you're a human being. So, like, that's where, like, the, the I saw this recently. Uh, Jamal Murray for the Nuggets mm-hmm. got yelled at. Like, some dude was like, I seen your girl on IG sucking dick. Like, he said, like, a, a fan said that to a professional player. Well, did he know that, that was him. Like, bro, Jamal Murray is right there, and he will smack the shit out of you. You're lucky Jokic got in the way, yeah. and the referee, too, because otherwise that's a professional athlete who will manhandle you. Oh, that I, I find it so funny when fans really want to talk shit, because I remember... Have you ever seen that video of Marcus Peters going up in the stands? Yeah. He went up in the stands and was like, what's that, what's that shit yeah, you what, was talking? What were you dude talking? Didn't, dude didn't say nothing Didn't say back. shit. It's so funny because if we really want us to get out of body, like it'll really get that way. Bro, it's it to me and this it's not even a professional I mean, they are a professional athlete. Wrestlers. Like the professional wrestlers get chirped at and they're they're performing for you. They're not mm. even like they're not even like so I understand like if your professional your favorite professional athlete fumbled the ball, like, you'd be like, Bro, I fucking hate you fumbling the ball. He did he performed something that wasn't was not supposed to happen. When they're performing in wrestling, like they're tr- they're trying to entertain you. At that point, yeah. If you're chirping me, like what the fuck is your problem? They don't think that these jacked wrestlers aren't gonna do anything, and then they get smacked for real, and it, they look on their face. It's so hilarious when a fan gets smacked for the first time. And then they have the victim. Oh yeah. my god! He I hit can't me. believe he hit me. Yeah, he hit me. I'm gonna call the. Police. You asked for it. You shouldn't have been talking shit. You asked for it. If you walk up <laughs> to any human being on the street and just been like, "I fucking hate you." and they smacked you, it'd be warranted. But because they're a professional athlete, they make millions of dollars, they're supposed to not react the same way any other human would. That blows my fucking mind. Blows me, bro, because it's like you asked for, you literally asked for this at this point. You paid the ticket to sit close to me to to try to shit talk me, and you're going to be upset that I came over to you. Like you're down $75 and you got smacked. Like what, what, what else can be worse about your day right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I know Jamal Murray's in that headspace where, like, you know, you're so competitive. Somebody says that shit to you. It's kind of hard to turn that off and be like, this is a fan, obviously. We're like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) Like, what does he fucking know? Yeah. But, like, when it's something personal, like, I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter if you make millions of dollars or nothing. Like, it's anything personal, I'm going to expect you to say something. Right. Like, or at least, like, like, fire back and be like, oh, yeah, I seen your mom sucking my dick, too. Something like it's that. It's just I just found it funny because, like, I mean, 
let's be honest, his girlfriend was sucking his dick on IG. On IG, it just got the video. I don't. Hackers are very are genius. It, but it's so funny that it's like, who do you like? Why do you think that that's a funny thing to like say? That's not that. That's just it's just not cool at all. Yeah, like, you, like nobody around him was going. Oh, everyone was like, like bro, it's embarrassing, bro. It's so embarrassing. I get secondhand embarrassment for people like that. That happened. Uh, I went to a, a wild game with a buddy of mine who I had never been to a hockey game. We got third row seats. It was pretty sick. We saw a fight in the first minute. Cal Clutterbuck, when he was on the Wild, had a hat trick. Late in the game, the Cal it was against the Calgary Flames. And all game, there's these like Calgary fans, like twelve rows back, just drunk as shit, throwing beer everywhere, like saying so much just blasphemous shit. So many people left our section because of these guys because they were throwing beer around and all, that, and they were celebrating every time they scored. But it was three to one, right? Mm-hmm. It's three to one. We're winning, and they're their captain slides into the crease and like on all fours, like slid into our goalie and our goalie got knocked over and then put his glove hand on his helmet to push himself up. So he puts his, our goalie puts a glove on the other dude's head and pushes himself up, gets ready for the next thing. The guy who's on all fours, the Calgary captain turns around and tries to punch our goalie in the nuts. Oh God, bro. The referees on the other side of the goal, like, well, that's a that's a penalty. In, yeah. Instantly calls a kicks the dude out of the game. I turned around to those Calgary guys, and I was like, "Is that what they teach up in Canada?" And I saw the look on their they. Just shameful. Look at you. All game, you guys were talking shit, and then your guy throws a punch at our guy's nuts, and then all all that stuff turned just shut right off. I know they didn't say shit after that. I was like, they teach that up in Canada. Yeah, like they teach out of. And the whole oh. section that was still left started laughing after I said that. Because <laughs> they were so sick of these fucking guys. And I was like, they teach that in Canada? And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha. And it's just like. That's so shameful, bro. I, I feel bad for Calgary because, like, they obviously were misrepresented by those oh, fans. Yeah, no, that's just. It, it, it shouldn't be what they stand for. But that, I mean, the, the, the guy did it. Yeah. He lost his composure. And he wanted to swing and try and hit somebody in the nuts. And yep. look at him. He got ejected. Now those dumbass fans in the yep. stands like, oh, so. Now you got to defend that. <laughs> now you have to try and defend that after already people don't like you. Well, I wish they would have doubled down and been like, yeah, we do teach that. Yeah. Punch him in the nuts again. Yeah, like, I would have like, respected it and been like, all right, they dirty up there. Right, 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 right. I, I, can, I can get behind that. But they were like, okay, that's not what we're supposed to do here. Right. Like, you, you're. You're not as a fan. You're not going to get paid by the organization for saying anything. Mm. Like you being up as positive as you are and like saying shit, like or talking shit to the other team. They're not going to pay you. You don't get a paycheck. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, and that's why I'm just like, bro. What? I get it. You're a passionate fan. Like you're looking for, you know, you're looking for some sort of attention. But half, like, half the time they get kicked out and like they don't get. Oh my! And God, then they get permanently like, like suspended from that from the stadium. Be, they'll get banned. Yeah. So now you have to go to away games. <laughs> now you. Look, now you have to waste your gas, bro. I, flight. I gotta go to Las Vegas to watch a freaking. Uh, God, gotta, I gotta see, sit through a seminar just so I could get a free hotel room to watch the game because like, I can't go to go to the Vikings game. That should be so funny to me because like now look at you and those fans. I think what was it? Uh, is it was it the fans in Utah that were getting banned? Like it was multiple fans yeah. getting banned for saying like I think it was the N word and some more shit. Yeah, like, at the Utah Jazz games, there were there were people like it's like your own players are are black. Like what is wrong with you? Majority of the NBA is like 
black. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, but their their best player is a white guy, so they're like, yeah, like, oh, I feel fuck that. yeah. I feel Laurie Markkinen yeah. is fucking their best player He's right now. He's he a is dog, though. He is a dog. Man. We Holy drafted shit. him and traded him to Chicago. Fuck. Minnesota can't draft. No, we can't. We got lucky with Anthony Edwards. We got lucky with Kevin Garnett back in the day oh and Stefan. We man. had Ray Allen. We traded Ray Allen, the, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. We got rid of him. I think Minnesota sports just has some of the worst management teams or management. And, and then watch the Wild go on to win the Stanley Cup this year because they're actually playing well. Really? They're not a bad the team wild, at all. I don't typically watch hockey, but the Wild yeah. traditionally, have they been They've been traditionally pretty good, huh? They, they always are a good team, not never the great team. They always get to the playoffs or are pretty close to the playoffs, and then you either lose to the Blackhawks or the Blues. Bro, that just sounds like Minnesota sports in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the whole tale of the tape since I've been a kid was like the Vikings got to the playoffs, lose. Got to the playoffs, lose. Got to the playoffs, lose. Lost before the playoffs. Like when we fucking lost to... McCown when he threw that with the Cardinals. <laughs> Fuck. Like, uh, since then, I've been like, dude, we're screwed. We're never. Yeah. The it's, Minneapolis miracle. I knew we were had. We got two over our head as soon as we won that. Oh, we sure did. But but I would too as a Minnesota fan. Uh, the second we score that touchdown, if it's me, I know I'm excited and I throw my helmet, but I'm like, next game. I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, no, we got man. another. We, until we get that Super Bowl, I don't give a shit. Yeah, we won a game against the Saints. Cool. We won on the last second. Let's celebrate. But after that, let's not revel in it and act like this was the pinnacle of our season. Yeah. We have to do better. Because now like, all we look back on is the Minneapolis miracle, but we got dogged in the next game. Bro, the f- we had Brett Favre and Randy Moss on a team, and we squandered it. What Brett Favre threw one touchdown pass to Randy Moss, and it was a perfect pass. Just dropped it right in the bucket. Randy didn't even have to jump. He just went, oh, fucking sick. And we squandered it. Vikings have notoriously always squandered their opportunities. Always. So last year, when we had an opportunity not to squander it, we did it again. Mm. We fucking did it again. Like... I, I, I'm going to lose my hair as quickly as my dad did. I swear to God. Like, it's <laughs> being a diehard bleeding this purple as, as, as I do. Hey, like, no, I tell everybody out of state, like, this shit is hard to be a Minnesota fan in any damn near. I don't want to be a fan of any other team, though. I can't fuck it. If I bandwagon, like, you will see me, like, as a destroyed man. Like, it's just. <laughs> if, if, if I ever root for another team besides the Vikings or the Twins, like, the T-Wolves I don't give a shit about, to be honest with you. They've always been just kind of like... I'm, I've always been a fan of players. Like, I grew up... I've always been a players-led uh, fan. Michael Jordan was my it was my idol growing up, so I didn't give a shit about the T-Wolves. I didn't even know they existed until somebody was like, oh, there's a team in Minnesota. I was like, what? I was yeah. like, "Is does Michael Jordan play against them? And they're like, yeah. And I go, oh, well, then I'll watch.